Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. On episode two of Coach Bennett's podcast, we're talking starting lines and why I hung out on the starting line of this podcast for so long before finally crossing it. We're also talking about how to butter up pancakes the right way, why being nervous is a great reminder of something powerful, how Eugene, Oregon is not only Tracktown, USA, but also an allergy thunderdome. We talk about the purpose of a first run and how to run one the right way and so much more. Let's get started. Welcome to episode two of Coach Bennett's podcast. I am here in Eugene, Oregon, known as Tracktown, USA, the home of the University of Oregon and legendary Hayward Field. I'm here actually for the Nike Outdoor Nationals, which is the national championship for high school track and field. What Eugene is also known for uh, is the allergy explosions that occur to people like me who shuffle into town for these events and have the arrogance to think, I don't have an allergy problem. And then a few hours later, all hell breaks loose and you've got mucus and snot pouring out of your nose. You've got watery eyes, bloodshot watery eyes, which leads to some awkward stares from people. So bring sunglasses. Yeah, so if you're wondering why my voice sounds like this, and I think my voice sounds a little weird, it's because my nose is clogged. That's why. So no amount of editing is going to change me from sounding like this. So I apologize for the awkward sounding voice, but it's all I got. It's all I got to work with, and we're going to work with it. All right, let's get into some thank yous. Thank you for listening. Really, I'm going to say this at the beginning of pretty much every single episode. Thank you for listening. I know you've got a busy day, so the fact that you're carving out a little bit of time to listen to what I've got to say means a lot. Thank you so much for listening. And since I'm at a track meet, let me just throw out some thank yous to the volunteers. There are no track meets that don't have volunteers. And a lot of times, actually at a really great meet, they often get overlooked because the meat's moving so smooth, you're just enjoying the meat. You're not paying attention to the fact that the people that are getting a lot of stuff done behind the scenes are why it's running so smooth. So to all the volunteers who work track meets, not just big track meets, we're talking little track meets, we're talking little community races and middle school meets and high school meets and the college races, road races, thank you so much for volunteering. And if you love the sport, I think you should volunteer. I think that's a great way to give back. I get asked all the time, how can you give back to the sport? Well, one way you can give back to the sport is by inviting people to starting lines. That's one way. That's an awesome way. That's a badass way. Believe me, you have people in your life 
who need an invitation to cross the starting line. So that's one way. Another way is to volunteer at meets or road races or trail cleanups. These are great ways to give back to the sport because what you're doing is you're allowing this event or this location to have people run on it, run in it, be a part of it. So think about volunteering. Okay, one more thank you before we get into kind of the uh, the heart and soul of this episode. Thank you to whoever made my pancakes back in the kitchen of the original pancake house here in Eugene, Oregon, because they were so good. Woo. And I'll tell you what, they came out nice and hot. So I slapped some butter on there. And remember, the key here with butter, this is important. This may be the most important thing I say today. You don't just put butter on the top of the stack of pancakes, okay? You got to carve out some butter and you put them between the pancakes, okay? So if you have like a stack of four pancakes, between one and two, you put some butter. Between two and three, you put some butter. Between three and four, you put some butter. And then on top, you put some butter. This way, the heat from all those pancakes, they're melting the butter between the pancakes. Oh, so then all pancakes have some butter. If you only do the top, you're limited to just the top pancake really getting an adequate amount of butter. So once you do this, then you put some maple syrup on there and you're ready to rock and roll the pancakes. But they did such a good job. So whoever at the original Pancake House in Eugene this morning, you are doing a fantastic job. You have brought joy into this world. So thank you. Okay, today... I'm talking starting lines. Now, it may make sense to do this maybe for the trailer or even for episode one, but I'm doing it in episode two because now I want to talk about crossing starting lines. And I'm going to start with the fact that I'm really proud of the fact that I'm doing this podcast because it took me a really, really long time to finally cross the starting line to make this. I'll give you a little background on Coach Bennett's podcast. You have to go back close to 20 years when Tammy, my wife, gave me like this headset apparatus thing that had a microphone and there was a book and it was how to create your podcast. I still have the book. I never threw it away because I've always wanted to make a podcast, but I didn't year after year. I didn't do it. And then I thought, well, maybe if I put out there, like as a question, should I make a podcast? And I get good feedback. Like, yes, do it. Maybe that'll be the impetus. That'll be the inspiration. I'm like, dude, just go do it. I did that. I got excited. Didn't make it. I decided to say, I'm going to make it in the hopes that actually putting out there and verbalizing it was going to lead to me more or less backing myself into a corner where I have to make it. And I still didn't make it. I've been standing on this starting line for years. And now I'm on the other side. And I'm super proud of that. And I think there's a misconception that if you cross lots of starting lines in your life, okay, lots of runs, you take on different tasks and challenges and you set goals, which I feel like I've done over the course of my life, that it's just always easy to cross starting lines. And that's not true. Every starting line I'm on, I get nervous on. Every starting line I'm on, 
I have a little bit of self-doubt. Every starting line that I'm on, I worry, am I going to come up short? And am I, am I going to fail? Am I going to be able to struggle? Or am I just going to quit on myself? That, that doesn't change. That's part of why we take starting lines. And in some ways, that may be the most exciting, fun part of being on a starting line. Being nervous. I mean, you've heard me say it before. Being nervous just means you care. What a wonderful thing to put yourself through. An exercise that reminds you you care about something. You care about whether this is going to work out. Um, You care about whether the training that you've done is going to pay off. You worry about whether or not a certain time or a certain distance or a certain feeling or a certain emotion is going to occur. You worry about whether or not you're going to be able to maybe, uh, if if you're on a team, be able to hold up your end of the stick, whether you're going to be able to hand the baton off in a better place so you can give it to your team so they are in a better place. All of those things, the expectations, it's a good thing. It's a great exercise. It's a noble exercise to be on that starting line and be dealing with all of those things. That's healthy. It's a great way to just play life. That's what sports can be. That's what sports really should be. It should be practice for how we handle ourselves in life. Are we a great competitor? Not just do we compete hard, but are we a great competitor in relation to the other competitors? Are we brave enough to potentially fail? Do we have enough courage to challenge ourselves and come up short? Are we willing to celebrate ourselves? Are we willing to celebrate those we are competing with? Are we willing to celebrate the act, the attempt? All of this is great and should bleed into the rest of your life. But just because I'm a coach and just because I'm an athlete, it doesn't mean starting lines are always easy for me. And this podcast represented a very difficult starting line for me. For whatever reason, and there are lots of reasons, I just couldn't get over it. I couldn't cross the line. And I'll tell you a little about why, and then I'll tell you why I was able to, and hopefully that'll explain to you why I'm proud of what I'm doing, why I'm excited about what I'm doing, and why I'm so thankful that you're listening. Okay, I'll I'll give you a little bit of background um, on some of what I do. I mean, many of you maybe have run with me on guided runs, or maybe you've read some of the things that I write, or you've heard me on maybe other podcasts, or you've seen me speak at live events, or maybe you've been coached by me, whether it was on a team that I coached, or whether it was a live event in a city somewhere. I'm used to talking. I'm used to being in front of crowds, and I'm used to communicating um, my philosophy or my message or my beliefs, all of those things. So it would make sense that a podcast should come easy, right? Well, maybe, maybe not. Just because there are similar things that you or I have done in the past, that doesn't mean a similar thing will be just as easy for us to do. And I'll just let you know about something. Every time when I talk to a crowd, I'm nervous. Every time I speak to a new group of people, I'm nervous. Every time I publish something I've written, I'm nervous. Every time I put on a live event, 
I'm nervous. And that's why it's important to remember when I say being nervous just means you care. I care so deeply about what I'm doing because I have hope that it helps. I have hope that it hits, that it's, it's, it's getting through. I have hope that I'm not wasting people's time, that there's something they can get out of it. And as a result of all of this hope, I care that it works. I care that it gets through. I care that in some way you walk away or run away benefiting from our time together, whether it's something I've written, something I've said, or an experience that we've had together. And for some reason, though, the podcast, I don't know, it just was scarier. Maybe I was more nervous because I cared more and maybe because of the time that I'd spent just standing on this starting line built up more and more anxiety about it. I'm not sure, but I think all of that is probably true. I see this a lot when people are training for something for a long period of time. So an example would be the marathon. The marathon takes, for most people, a buildup of about 16 to 18 weeks. That's a long time. You're dedicating four, four and a half, close to five months of your life for one day. You're dedicating hundreds of miles and kilometers towards one day. You're dedicating hours and hours and hours over weeks and months for one day. And that one day isn't even a full day. It's a slice of a day that has a specific time that you have to start a specific course you need to run. And over the course of your months, you've probably come up with a specific time you would like to run. So the amount of pressure on this one day of the calendar can become overwhelming because the focal point of everything you've been doing is suddenly on this one day, one distance, one event, and it becomes all or nothing. Now, when you compare that to somebody who is training for, let's say, 5Ks, and they get to run a bunch of them over the course of the season. Now, again, you can make the case that, yes, well, you know, maybe, maybe a marathon's a bigger deal. Is it, though? Is it a bigger deal? Is it a bigger deal because it's longer? Is it a bigger deal because you've trained that long? Is it a bigger deal because you've decided it's a bigger deal? The point isn't whether or not it's a bigger deal. The point is, if you believe it's a bigger deal, it is a bigger deal. And as a result, we put bigger expectations on it, a bigger focus on it, a bigger spotlight on it, which suddenly means there's bigger emotions associated with it, bigger feelings. Now suddenly, there are bigger risks. Also, maybe some bigger rewards. At least I hope so, because they should work in tandem. And suddenly, it becomes a bigger deal. And that starting line suddenly doesn't look like any of the other starting lines that you've taken. Suddenly, that starting line holds more weight than any of the other starting lines that you've crossed. Now, keep in mind, if you're working towards a marathon, 42.2K, 26.2 miles, you've probably already done an 18 or 20-mile run. And maybe you were nervous for it, but I bet you weren't as nervous as you were for race day. And leading up to the 18 to 20 miler, you had to probably do a 15 miler or a 16 miler. I bet you were nervous for that, 
but not as nervous as you were for race day. So there's all of these sequential starting lines that you've crossed, these challenges that you've met, these goals that you've reached. But for whatever reason, they were not as big a deal as race day. And sometimes the confidence that we should be drawing from all of these other things, they don't come along with us to race day, which is fascinating from a coaching perspective because we draw our confidence about you from your training. We know that the fitness you're building through your training is really what's going to dictate the results more than anything else. The athlete sometimes leaves their training behind when they get to the starting line fascinating and that's what they should be bringing they should be bringing the consistency of their work they should be bringing the breakthroughs they've had they should be bringing the breakdowns they've had and gotten over to get to the starting line those worst runs those things can build incredible confidence sometimes it's the worst runs that teach us more give us more and make us more better than our best runs Those should come along with you to the starting line too. But sometimes we get to the starting line, we feel almost like naked. Like, how did I get here? Can I do this? Am I prepared to do this? We forget the fact that we've been preparing for four months, five months. It's the same thing with this starting line associated with the podcast. Instead of me focusing on all the other things I've done, all the writing I've done, the guided runs I've made, the experiences I've been a part of, the live events, the speeches, the clinics, I was like naked in front of the microphone. Not literally. I was. That would be weird. I'm not going to record my podcast nude. I, I mean, you wouldn't know. So I guess now we've got a weird visual. All right. Anyway, the point here is I just felt that I was not prepared. I was not ready. I got to this. And rather than thinking, wow, I'm really fit because I've been doing work for a really long time. I've had those writings that weren't so good, but I made some edits or I learned from them. I had experiences where I, I had knock them out of the ballpark type nights. But for whatever reason, before this podcast, I would open up the computer, I'd grab the mic, put on my headphones, and I would just think, I'm just not good enough to do this. And for whatever reason, I couldn't think of an example that would change my mind. So I'm going to give you a couple of tips on how you could be better prepared when you're standing on a starting line and for whatever reason, you feel like you're standing on the edge of a cliff instead. What I want you to do is develop the habit and running is all about habits. Habits get a bad rap. Everyone thinks habits are like boring and all that stuff. It's not true. In fact, it might be better just to think, hey, here's a little lifestyle change for you. Okay, a small one that you can achieve that's really easy and it's going to seem like a habit at first and then it's just going to be a lifestyle change. And in full transparency, I ripped this off from Tammy, from Coach Tammy. Totally ripped this off. All right, so I want you to document every single day some things that you do well that day. Because believe me, every day you're kicking a little bit of ass. Some days you kick a whole lot of ass but I want you to write it down in a notebook. I want you to write it down in a journal. I want you to write it down. I want you to document it. So when you have those moments, when you're on a starting line, and believe me, a starting line can mean a lot of different things. It's not always a race. In fact, 
Most times, it's not a race or a run. It's the starting line right before you go into a conference room and give a speech. It's a starting line at the threshold of the classroom door before a test or before you have to give a presentation in front of the class. It's the starting line as you walk into a room and you say, hey, boss, I deserve a promotion because I do badass work. Maybe it's the starting line of going in and having that card conversation with somebody and saying, this relationship isn't working. Neither one of us are better because of this relationship. Or, I'm not better because of this relationship. I'm getting out of it. There are starting lines everywhere. What we need in those moments where the starting line, again, seems more like a firing line or it seems more like the edge of a cliff, you need backup. You need to be able to say, in response to those voices in your head, you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not powerful enough. You're not courageous enough. You're not brave enough. You're not enough. That's all BS. What you need is to say, oh yeah? Check this out. And open that book up and point to anything in that book. Did you see that? Did you see when I actually got through that really hard moment? Here, let's look at this. Point to this. Look at that. Remember that horrible run I got through that was filled with self-doubt, that was filled with bad voices in my head? I got through that. I fought back. I was a better teammate to myself than I'd ever been before. I was a better coach to myself than I'd ever been before. I can do that. Look here. Look at this. I signed up to go back to school, and I got my degree. Or I was failing math, and I actually reached out for help, and I got a tutor. And I got to see. Badass. So don't tell me I'm not good enough. Don't tell me I can't cross this starting line. That's what you need to do. Now, some of us do this already and we don't even realize it. It's called a running log or a running journal, a running diary, whatever you want to call it. When you're documenting the runs you're doing, don't just write, I ran X minutes, meters, or miles at this place. Here was my cadence. Here was my heart rate. Blah, 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 blah. No. I want you to write about the run. I want you to write about the day before the run. And I want you to write about the day after the run. Because they are all a part of your running. Because they're a part of the runner's story. And what's going to happen is you're going to have this diary of your life, which is a great thing to have. You have a story. It is a great story. It deserves to be written down. It deserves to be documented. It deserves to be read by you when you need to read it. Turn that running log, running diary, running journal into your story. It's an excuse for you to write about your life. And believe me, this is a story that is awesome. You want to know why I know that? Because there's no other story like it. No one can have a story like yours. And you're going to want to go to it when you're on a starting line and you're having a hard time crossing it. That's my tip to you. Because we're all going to find ourselves on new starting lines every day. And the only thing that's guaranteed on a starting line is that nothing is guaranteed on the other side of it. Which is why we can get nervous. Which is why we can get scared. But remember, being nervous means you care. And being scared, being afraid is an opportunity for you to be courageous. That's what you need to remember.
And if you can remember that, maybe you don't cross the starting line today, but you will cross that starting line when you're ready to cross it. Okay? So, that's how this podcast came to be. I stood on a line for a really, really, really long time. And eventually I got over it. That's why I'm proud of myself. And that's not an easy thing to say. It's very difficult for us to say, I'm proud of myself. This has given me the opportunity to say that. And it feels good because it's real. I do feel proud of myself. And that's why I'm excited to do this again. That's why there's going to be an episode three and a four and a five and a six. Because this is an exercise. Okay? This is an exercise on me crossing a starting line. And I don't think it's ever going to get totally comfortable. I think it's always going to be a little uncomfortable. Every time I press record, yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable. I like that too. I need to keep having things in my life that make me a little uncomfortable. You do too. So find a starting line. Find a challenge. Set a goal. Do something that makes you a little nervous. Makes you a little uncomfortable. Makes you a badass. There we go. So that was that was the... The, the heart and the soul of this episode was was starting lines. And we're getting close to wrapping up, which is crazy. I can't believe we're almost done with episode two. But we are. So, alas, let's move on. And we have a tip heading your way. And then we've got something from the mailbag, a quick question. And then it's time to say, see you later. So, the running tip actually has to do with the allergies I've got right now. Can you believe that? Of course you can. See, when we get a cold, which is very similar to allergies in terms of what's going on in our bodies because we start to panic a little bit and we start creating all of this stuff to come out of our nose and our eyes. It's really, really gross. But we have to remember we're like a machine, okay? And these outputs demand inputs. And this is where we can screw up and make what we're going through worse than it needs to be. That mucus, that snot that comes with allergies or a cold, it demands an input of water to create that output. But we don't think like that when we're going through it. It's just, oh, I feel terrible. What you really should be thinking about is I need to hydrate. I need to pound some water because all of this stuff I'm making is making me dehydrated. So I'm not just miserable and sound terrible. I'm dehydrating myself by creating all of this. You need to drink water when you have a cold and a runny nose. You need to be drinking more water when you have allergies and a runny nose. We don't usually think that way because it's just too much. It's just you feel miserable and you focus on one thing, which is, oh, I got to blow my nose. Yes, you do because it's gross if you have it all over your face. I know that. But you also got to be pounding the water. If you drink the water, if you stay hydrated, which means you're going to be drinking more water than normal because you're using more water than normal, you're going to be aiding your body in its recovery and its battle against the allergies or the cold. You're also going to have a better run. So you're not starting the run with nasty allergies and a cold and dehydrated. Don't make things harder than they need to be, which is a mistake lots of runners do. They think everything has to be hard in order to be hardcore. Not true. Making something harder than it's supposed to be or meant to be isn't hardcore. It's just really stupid. So if you're going through some allergies, if you're going through a cold, make sure you're staying hydrated. Okay? All right, great. We've got 
a question from the mailbag, which makes me so happy. And actually, it's kind of a virtual mailbag, okay? I was picking up food. I guess it wouldn't be a virtual mailbag. What am I talking about? It's actually a real life. Well, I guess the point is it's not a mailbag this week. I'm not reaching into a mailbag. I just got asked this question last night. So I was picking up some food here in Eugene, got speaking with the person at the counter. They said, what do you do? I said, I'm a running coach. They said, oh, I want to start running. How do I start running? And I figure since we're talking about starting lines, I might as well just give you a very succinct, if I can do that, little, or I should say light on the rambling answer to how do I start running? So I said, run for a couple minutes. And they said like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I said, no, like, like four or five minutes. And they said, four or five minutes, what are you talking about? And I said, we can go less. We could go like two or three. And they just had this face of like, what are you talking about? I can run for two or three minutes. I said, yes, exactly. And then we had this like moment, this impasse. I said, the goal of a first run is not for you to try to do a run you can't do. The goal of a first run is to do a run you can do, a run that you will enjoy doing, a run that you will end knowing you could have gone further and you could have gone faster, a run ending where you think, I want to run again because that is the true purpose of a first run, ending wanting to run again. The purpose of a first run is that there is a next run. I said, that's the purpose For the first couple of weeks, end your runs in control, not out of control. End your runs knowing you could have gone for a longer distance or duration. Ending your runs saying, ooh, I can't wait to run again tomorrow or two days from now. Because if you can build the consistency of that feeling, the consistency, the confidence, the satisfaction, and the celebration, the other stuff will come. The longer runs, the faster runs, the harder runs, that will come. But none of it will come if you end your runs disappointed, disillusioned, distraught that you couldn't do enough when what you were trying to do was too much. Ending your runs thinking you're not enough when you were asking too much from yourself. So the purpose of a first run is that there is a next run. Start small. Be consistent. Celebrate the hell out of what you're doing. If you can do that, you're going to be running consistently. And that's where all the magic happens. So for those of you out there wondering how to start running, I just told you. And I think that's kind of a cool way to end an episode called Starting Lines, which I'm pretty sure I'm going to call this episode Starting Lines talking about how to cross that first starting line because that's really what this is. This podcast, even though it's episode two, and if you count the trailer, it's the third, it's still a new starting line, just like the next episode will be too. And I know I'm going to be nervous when I press record next time, and I'm looking forward to it because I'm going to celebrate the heck out of what we just did today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And I hope we can get together next week for another episode. Until then, take care of yourself, take care of your teammates, and I'll see you soon. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast. And if you feel like you just got to get yourself some more Coach Bennett, you can find me on Instagram at Coach Bennett, or you can subscribe to Coach Bennett's newsletter on Substack, or check me out on Cameo, TikTok, or Mastodon. 
all as at Coach Bennett. So until next time, cheers to you.